0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's a tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently to get a taste of what they're truly all about. You can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. Moondog Makers and Welcome in to the week eight. Yeah, we are eight weeks, almost three. Still got Alabama and Tennessee going on right now in the background, but it looks like Alabama's going to survive. Tennessee played well, but a couple of Hooker interceptions likely going to be the difference. But man, is Alabama so human? I guess that's the best way to put it. Alabama is human. Right now, but man, there's so much to get to. Let me just get this. Uh, I'm just going to share this, get it out here, and then uh, and then we'll be good to go. All right, here we go. Uh, live now. Talking old Miss, LSU, MSU, Bandy and a whole lot more. How's that sound? Sounds like a pretty good tweet, right? Subscribe here. And while you're here, by the way, guys, um, if you're on Twitter, you cannot comment. I don't know why, but you cannot. So if you're on Twitter, you cannot. And so find me on YouTube, Michael Borky is all you have to search. I am not creative. I don't have good, clever, creative names for stuff. Uh, Just hasn't been my thing in life, I guess. So I just kind of put my name on everything. So if you're on Twitter right now, uh, hop on over to YouTube and find me at Michael Borke and uh, subscribe there. And you can actually comment uh, like we've got a couple right now. Also, Facebook. You can find me on Facebook as well. David says, how about that defense? Talking about Ole Miss. It's two games in a row uh, where they won the game because of defense. That was the best defensive performance from Ole Miss since 2016 Georgia. I had a good submission from my guy, Rippy, that said 2019 Auburn. It's just the offense was so inept and pathetic back then. It's hard to you know, remember a good performance. But I, I'm going to go with 2016 Georgia uh, was the last time Ole Miss played that well defensively. They were physically dominant over any opponent. I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's one thing to say they haven't done this in years because it's true. They haven't played like that. In years, but I mean, they've played a lot of bad teams in in between then and now and haven't played like that. And yes, I'm aware. I I know what LSU is right now. I'm very well aware of what they are right now. Their coach has been fired. A lot of players have opted out. That's not your typical LSU team, but they've played much worse and have uh, played much worse. Both, you know, little word play there. You get my point. Yes, Ole Miss won that game simply because of defense. T says, let's go. I got two free tickets to the SEC championship by getting Gatorade poured on me in a shark costume. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you, but what? That's like a Mad Lib. Oh, Alabama scored again, huh? Okay, so 44-24. That's, uh, that's a shame. That's, uh, that's a shame. Tennessee played well, but that's hilarious. That, that is hilarious. Congrats. Uh, you know, um, that might be a fun game, and it might not be just a Alabama-Georgia matchup. I know that the score is reflecting a blowout, but that's an invinci- or not an invincible Alabama team that I've been watching. Jason says, Alabama's sloppy. I saw at least two almost certain touchdown passes dropped before halftime. Yeah, they drop a lot of passes. Um, they don't execute particularly well. Bryce Young's a a little inconsistent. Good athlete, but he's he's inconsistent for sure. Um, Yeah. What's up, Borky? How about that nine overtime game? Okay. You know, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. It was kind of fun. And in in case you guys missed it, Illinois-Penn State went to nine overtimes. But... After the second overtime, they just alternate two point conversion tries, and that's each try is a half of an overtime period. So, two plays would equal an overtime period. So, that was the longest game in college football history, but it really wasn't because the new overtime rule. I thought it was garbage. I mean, I understand that sometimes in like extra time, you have to alter the way that the thing is played at least a little bit in some sports. Uh, like soccer, for instance, or something like that. I can't stand it, though, because that's not how football is played. At least in the the college overtime, you had to gain yards to score. Yes, you were already in field goal range, but you had to at least move the football and score. And altering this rule was for like three games in 20 years that went to extended overtimes. I, I, I don't like it. It felt like soccer penalty kicks to me, and that's unnecessary. I, you know, it was fun kind of to watch. I didn't like it, though. I really didn't like it. Uh, but how about Bert? <laughs> how about Bert? Justin says, hidey toddy and go, Braves. Yeah, I, I've been trying to keep up with the Braves game. I've been trying to keep up with football, watching my basketball team still stink out loud. I think we're about to have 30 turnovers in a game, which is really special. Um, almost hard to do. Um, but anyway. Been trying to keep up with it. Looks like things are going well in Atlanta right now, knock on wood. I know you Atlanta sports fans are long-suffering. Zach says, all right, Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, back-to-back-to-back. Next three games are going to set the tone for State until next season starts. Yeah, this is a huge one. This is a huge, huge, huge game in Starkville for for Mississippi State upcoming this weekend. It's massive. Uh, This is a really good Kentucky team, and although State – Essentially, got a pseudo buy with Vanderbilt. Uh, Kentucky did not have to play uh, this weekend. They play exceptional defense. Uh, They are fundamentally sound. They, I mean, I expect a really low scoring game. uh, But the atmosphere in Starkville Saturday night needs to be a good one. Um, It better be a good one because this is going to be a very difficult game. I've, I've heard a lot of confidence, understandably so. You're confident in your team. You love your team, but you you better create an environment that's difficult to play in. I think you will, by the way. I'm, I'm not saying anything other than I expect it to be that way. But Kentucky's really good, and, and they are fundamentally sound, and they run the football, and they play great defense, and state has to be prepared. They've got to rise up and, uh, and be ready for this game because of that stretch, Kentucky's the best one. It's crazy to say that, but between Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas, Kentucky is the best of those three. Camera says, take away the garbage time touchdowns. Rebs hold LSU to seven. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me at all. No shot. Um, I, I would have expected that to happen, um, especially after the first couple series, you know. Um, no, and I didn't like the way they defended garbage time. I, I really didn't. I, I think you you can so often get uh, – get so caught up in prevent that you give too much and almost does that almost gives too much almost bit him last week against Tennessee didn't matter today but uh the the score and the stats don't even really reflect how dominant they were they were more dominant than the score reflects so um so yeah anyway Cameron says keep calm and chop on by the way (laughs) William says, does Ole Miss have a feasible path to Atlanta after the top 10 fallout this week? Uh, it's all up to Alabama. I mean, Ole Miss has to win out and Alabama has to lose. That That's the only way. That, that's the only way. Um, but with the top 10 fallout, Ole Miss has a feasible path to an Access Bowl. So, you know, it's not the SEC championship, but going to an Access Bowl in year two would be a massive step for your program, and if you go to an Access Bowl in year two, Matt Corral is at worst getting invited to New York City. So uh, the the path really goes through Alabama losing. That's the path. Alabama has to lose. Um, but Access bowls is absolutely, absolutely uh, within uh, Ole Miss's grasp uh, right now. T says, Ely finally decided to contribute to the team, so you love to see it. Yeah, his breakaway speed is uh, – <laughs> Damn. I mean, him and the, when, he, when he's locked in, in the open field, he's one of the best in the SEC. It's just getting him there. And, uh, and once he did, you see the results. Uh, Lane Kiffin kind of called him out. At least that's what it felt like in his press opportunities this week, and, and he rose to the occasion. Multiple third and passing downs where they ran the football successfully. Uh, they had LSU on their heels, kind of expecting uh, some kind of some kind of pass because you have Matt Corral. And almost Miss, um, Miss, was able to get them napping, and look at what happened. Um, Justin says he had no idea the overtime rules changed until today. It sucked, and it says says that wasn't true. Overtimes, no, it wasn't. I I didn't like it. I, I really didn't. The college football overtime was not broken. It did not need to be fixed. Uh, Especially for the sake of stopping the extremely rare, you should not make rules to prevent something that basically never happens. You know, you ruined a good overtime format for the sake of not having a seven overtime game once every decade. I, I couldn't, I, I was, I hated the rule at the time and seeing it in execution. That wasn't football, that was soccer penalty kicks. And do you really want football to be soccer? I, I love. Team USA soccer, anyway. I watch every single match of theirs. I don't want football to do things like they do. I think penalty kicks in soccer is stupid because that is not how you determine the outcome of a game in any way. Football shouldn't do that either. How about Wake Forest and Army? Yeah, I've got a note to talk about that. They survived. Remember. Wake Forest is the ACC's best chance, really only chance at the the college football playoff. Pittsburgh is there, but they lost to Western Michigan. A one-loss Pittsburgh team with a Western Michigan loss is not getting in over a one-loss Ohio State, for example, or a one-loss Michigan, or a one-loss Alabama, or a one-loss Oregon. So Wake Forest is the ACC's best shot, and that was the highest scoring game that either one of those schools have ever played by the way, but uh, I love watching our service academies play. I'm weird like that. I just, I admire those kids so much. That was a fun game. I watched it for a little while today, actually, if you can believe it. The early window stunk. There were some storylines, but the games themselves weren't very good. That one was at least fun. David says, Josh Heupel gutless had fourth and one twice and punted playing for a close loss. That's what I was talking about with Ole Miss and Alabama. And you see the score. That's what I was talking about. I That's why I hate the hindsight stuff. If it doesn't work, it doesn't make it a bad decision. Lane Kiffin a few weeks ago was coaching to win, and they didn't. What would have been the difference? What, what did punting get Tennessee tonight? What did it get them? What did it get them? Still a blowout loss. Kyle agrees. Changing the overtime rules made no sense. I, I have no idea why they felt that necessary. It uh, it was not necessary at all, but, you know, we got to see it. it some people loved it. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm going to kind of be contrarian because it looked like a lot of people really enjoyed the ending of Penn State and Illinois. Apparently, people liked it. I'm not one. I'm not one. Four to one, Braves. Now, awesome, awesome. Atlanta fans. I know I'm not supposed to say this as a Saints guy. Um, Atlanta fans deserve success. They they deserve some kind of something. You know, (laughs) they've been long suffering for so long, and uh, if this happens, I'm really happy for you guys. Texas. You know how the play clock starts right after kickoff ends now. It needs to be the same for overtime, so they keep the two-point contest. As soon as one team makes it, fails, you've got 40 seconds to snap. That would at least be a little bit more fun, I guess. A little, little more energy. They just shouldn't have changed it. Wes is glad Matt didn't AS hard this week. Um (laughs) <laughs> Maybe want to run that one back, huh? Tyler says Ole Miss just wanted to get out without any more injuries. I understand that. I, I do. It's it still, though. I mean, giving pitch and catch 15 yard gains, you don't have to do that. You can get into a prevent run the clock defense and not just hand them long passing plays like Ole Miss has done the last couple of weeks. T says college football overtimes greater than NFL overtimes always. I do agree with that. I, even this one. Um, but not a big fan. Jason says Alabama doesn't have to lose. If they and Ole Miss went out, Ole Miss is right there for the four spot. Uh, if anyone else in the top four loses before Alabama beats Georgia and Atlanta. Yeah, that's true, but um, if Ohio State runs the table and goes to the playoff, Ohio State gets in over Ole Miss. It, it, this is just how it's going to go. I know it's not right, but this is how it's going to go. Uh, Georgia will make it as long as they get to the SEC championship undefeated or out of Atlanta with one loss. Georgia will make it ahead of Ole Miss. Same thing with Alabama. Um, Oregon would get it over Ole Miss. Oklahoma, if they somehow survive, which they are playing with fire. But Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati's going to run the table. It's tough. It's really tough. Uh, The path for Ole Miss is really tough. But they also have to beat Auburn on the road. very banged up and they have to be Texas A&M and they have to go to Starkville. It, it's not, not really easy. Tommy says chance Loveridge for Heisman. Yeah, we'll get into uh, the games more specifically coming up here in a little bit. I just want to get your guys's uh, thoughts, reactions, whatever, right out of the gate. Um, at this rate, the college football overtime rules will change to the NFL overtime rules. I'll take that over what I watched today. That, that's just the truth. I will take that over what I watched today. Seriously, um, I'm not kidding. I would rather the NFL overtime rule than what I saw. Justin says, "Well, I'm not by any means a soccer fan. I agree on penalty shots to determine a game. It's like football having football. It's like football having a field goal contest to decide the winner. Exactly, exactly. It frustrates me. I, I don't like it. Uh, I really don't." By the way, I counted. He says four times the students started the We Want Arch" chant. Good. As long as nobody painted it on their bodies, that, that's fine. I, the chanting's fine. The 21-year-old painting the name of a 17-year-old boy on their body is where it crosses the line for me. But, I mean, <laughs> Lane Kiffin was wearing the kid's last name on his shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, It was, his last name was painted in the end zones. Um, Cameron says, I hate that Bryce Young is going to get I play for Alabama vote when it comes to the Heisman, but does a loss to George in the SEC championship factor in and will the vote happen before then? It happens after. Um, it happens after, but yeah, you're right. He is going to get a lot of I play for Alabama voting. Uh, I don't think he belongs in the conversation. Truthfully, I, I don't. I think when you've got the advantages that they have, and honestly, it's not like he's been that special. He's been fine. He's been good. Okay. He's been very good. He's very talented. But as a first-year starter with this team and being fine like this, that's not a Heisman winner at all. Kenny Pickett deserves votes over Bryce Young. That's the truth. Bryce Young is not the most outstanding player in college football. He's a very good player that plays on the best collection of talent not in Athens, Georgia, in college football. I don't even think he should be involved uh, or in the era, as of today, even involved in the conversation at all. Garrett misses those 90, 90s Brave squads, he says. Oh, and Hottie Toddy, he says. Any word on Ben Brown? I wonder who Ole Miss can get back this week. Um, the thought was he was going to try to give it a go. Maybe he couldn't. Uh, same thing with Braylon Sanders. It is so hard. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that like I'm sourced like like Neil and Chase or Ben. You know, I, I'm I'm an opinion guy. I, I do, you know, radio show and podcasting and stuff. I, I I don't have a subscriber base that pays me for insider information. You guys are just here for commentary and conversation. It's a different thing. But even for them, it's clear that. Getting injury information out of that program is really, really, really hard right now. I mean, even Drummond's banged up. Uh, there, there was a thought that Mingo might be coming back soon. Maybe it's not this week, but it could be soon. I, I don't know. But the going into the game, the thought was Sanders and Brown were going to try to play. So if they were going to try to play this week, maybe another week will give them a chance to play this, uh, this Saturday. David's asking, can you do a podcast on the walk that Otis Reese played with in high school? Springer, I think. Um, The walk on that Otis Reese played with in high school. Um, I don't know what you're talking about here. I know that he and Mark Robinson knew each other. And that's why Robinson came to Ole Miss. If that's who you're talking about, the linebacker who played great today. uh, That might be what you're talking about. But I don't think they played high school together. I think they just knew each other. I could be wrong. There, there it is, Wes. Glad Matt didn't have to work as hard this week. Running game needs to show up next week. It does. um, It does. But they showed it today. I mean, it's that's still an LSU team. It's not a great one, but it still is one. <laughs> you know, uh, There's still some pretty talented dudes on that side of the ball, and they were effective today. The issue with Ole Miss right now, I, I think uh, – It's not about running game at all. It's that they've got one reliable wide receiver right now, and he's banged up, clearly. I mean, he was not 100% today. Uh, They need Sanders back. They need Mingo back. Or they need somebody, not named Drummond, to consistently get open and catch the football when it's thrown their way. That's the issue with Ole Miss right now. Um, Corral's kind of working with, with one guy that he trusts who's not one hundred percent and a bunch of question marks. I mean, that that's kind of what he's dealing with on top of the injuries on the offensive line. Caleb Warren tried to play today and then that didn't work. So you've got your center that's moving to guard. You've got your backup center, you're playing third string guards. I mean, it's it's a mess up there. But they ran the football well and protected him well, but receivers are an issue right now. Sex is very off topic. That's fine, man. <laughs> there there is no I mean, I've got, you know got a plan but haven't even started it yet there's you know don't worry about that any particular reason why western kentucky wouldn't receive an invite back to the sunbelt do you think it's performance based or bad blood from them leaving in the first place could be that i mean if you're going to say it's performance based then why is southern missing you know there's more factors than just performance i think it's program potential and maybe there is a a little bit of that as well, tied into it. But, you know, I, I keep seeing people say that the Sun Belt should have um, added Louisiana Tech. And my response is, why? They're already in Louisiana. In three places in Louisiana. Why do you need a fourth? What What would that add? I don't know. Jason says, "I don't trust anyone to win out right now. Me either. Crazy year so far, and I expect Florida to throw the kitchen sink at Georgia next weekend. Jobs on the line there. Yeah, not Mullins, but that's and that's not what you're saying either. But yeah, there are jobs on the line with the uh, with Florida next weekend. But man, it is. Uh, I, I agree with you. I don't trust anybody to win out. I don't trust Alabama to win out. I don't trust. I don't even trust Georgia to win out. I think you know. I think they will. But would I be surprised if they didn't?" No, I don't trust Ohio State to win out. I don't trust Oregon to win out. Although, did you guys see what Ohio State did to Indiana tonight? Ooh. They're playing really good ball. They're also a benefactor of a really crappy schedule. But, yeah, counting on anybody to win out right now is a silly thing to do. Garrett says, give it to junior year Bryce Young. Freshman Bryce Young, calm down, agreed. Nice. Justin says, put Corral on Bama and Young on Ole Miss. No, that Corral has been better. Yeah, um... This is going to be kind of hot takey. Here is your Max Kellerman take of the night. Uh, Ole Miss is not. Ole Miss is not um, six and one with uh, with Bryce Young. Sorry, I just got an interesting text message. Um. Anyway. Yeah, no, know that Clemson did pick did not work out for me today. Um, although, I have seen people... Like, on the name, image, and likeness thing, it is kind of ironic that when this game ends, they're going to show... Um, they're going to show highlights of Clemson losing and DJ getting benched today. And then... Following that will be his Dr. Pepper commercial. Uh, And I've seen a lot of people make fun of that. Almost like feeling bad for Dr. Pepper for not getting their ROI. But this, to me, is exactly why I supported it so much. Because, you know, DJ may not be a professional quarterback anymore. This may have been his only chance to cash in on his name. Why should I feel bad for Dr. Pepper? You want to see what their market value is for having an NIL deal that falls a little flat, cost them a few thousand bucks. Why why should I feel bad for Dr. Pepper? The the DJ NIL deal and him not working out justifies why I think he should have gotten it in the first place, because this was his only chance to really cash in, as it turns out. Krause said he's never heard the VOD as loud as today. I didn't know that. Uh, I have only watched Kiffin's post game. I've not yet seen Corral, so that's probably why. Sax has got to call out all these Facebook viewers for not watching on YouTube. What are they scared of? The water's fine over here. <laughs> yeah, guys, YouTube. Uh, I'm trying to make the the YouTube channel something, and most people that watch aren't subscribed, according to the analytics. So don't forget to subscribe while you're here. Don't forget to subscribe while you're here. Um. Yeah, David, I mean, seriously, they're, they're playing a defensive back at wide receiver right now because that's what they have to do, uh, referring to Ole Miss. What will Carl have to do to make it to stage in New York? Just continue playing the way he's playing. That's it. I mean, even if they lose a game or two down the stretch, he's at least showing up. Uh, he's at least showing up for sure. John's asking, how do you think the way the Rebs played today affects the LSU Kiffin job search? Now, 0%. Doesn't affect it at all. Uh, LSU fans might be talking about Kiffin more today than they were going into it, but Woodward's a good enough and savvy enough athletic director to know that one game does not alter what you should do for a coaching search. Um, I don't think it changes it at all, not even a little. Uh, Woodward's smart enough to, to not let that happen. I mean, like James Franklin lost today. Is that going for some LSU fans? It's going to eliminate him as a candidate, and I think that's goofy. That it won't be that way for Woodward. No, I'm not watching. Something happen, Cameron says another blown call for strike three. Human umpires. Yeah, I mean, if ESPN can get the technology, uh, Major League Baseball, that's you know, got a bunch of teams that are worth billions of dollars. They can, um, they can figure it out. Also. Hot take was you saying the Sun Belt was the third best baseball conference. I did not say that. I have no idea. I think that was probably hey Dad. But no, I, I I can't be in college baseball brain during football season. I can't do it. I can barely do it during baseball season. I do it, but it takes me a little bit. says, hear me out. Ole Miss runs the table. Georgia beats Alabama. Ole Miss gets seated third. Some other things are going to have to happen, but it's possible. Uh, one lost team from the SEC, regardless if they made the championship or not, is attractive. Saxas man, I had Clemson pick today, too. That team has real issues going on. See, and everybody just blames DJ. I think schematically on offense, they're pretty bad. Uh, they need to make changes because it's not just DJ. It's the way they're using him. Uh, don't often get him on the move, things like that. He's very uncomfortable. It is not just, um, it's not just him. It's not just his fault. That's right. Listen to T. Everybody liked the video. (laughs) I need to, I need to spice it up a little bit. You know, Uh, with like thumbnails and stuff. That's what everybody says. I need to make good thumbnails, but I don't have that much time in the day. (laughs) I wish I did. Maybe that'll help me. Almost might not be a three-win team without Corral don't see how any Heisman voter wouldn't see that except for that Russ Mitchell who clearly doesn't watch games Zach says I have a family member that works moderately high up for the Steelers I asked him about the Tomlin rumors and they just started laughing hysterically that's how goofy this thing has gotten and it happens with coaching searches and stuff but the fact that that was given any any legitimacy whatsoever and if you guys don't know what Zach's talking about a former like assistant GM or whatever that worked for the Steelers almost a decade ago said that he could see Mike Tomlin taking the LSU or USC job. Now, on top of the fact that that's really stupid because it's not going to happen, Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the NFL. If something were to not work out at Pittsburgh, he's not going to college where you have to flirt with 16-year-old boys to get them to play for you. It, 90% of the NFL would offer him a job like that if something doesn't work out in Pittsburgh. He's certainly not leaving on his own to go coaching college. But when that just one off on a radio station, I think in Pittsburgh, turns into, oh, these Mike Tomlin rumors that they get legitimized, you know, one state to our south, little southwest. What are we doing here? I mean, what, what are we doing here? I mean, I guess you got to get clicks and stuff. I guess you do. But what are we doing? I mean, you get people thinking that that you, the LSU job, as great as it is, is somehow comparable to the Pittsburgh Steelers, that he would willingly leave the Pittsburgh Steelers to coach your job. Stop. Right, just stop. Sebastian says, knowing how rule changes have advanced in the past, the next iteration of overtime rules will determine a winning team through drop kicks performed by the quarterback at the 15-yard line. Um did some belt teams turn down AAC offers? How many and who? I don't know, but it doesn't sound like that's really what they pursued. It looks like they just went for markets. So that's what they were after, and that's what they got. I think it's a bad move. You think South Carolina will finally beat Clemson this year? Did you see what South Carolina did in college station tonight? I think in the fourth quarter they had 15 total yards i'm pulling up the uh, the stats right now but i think they had 15 total yards at some point in the fourth quarter so it's 44 to 7 so south carolina finally got on the board south carolina oh they have 173 total yards finally 102 through the air and they're averaging 2.3 per rush but i think at some point in like late in the the third quarter South Carolina had 15 total yards in the game. Things have, uh, things have changed dramatically. <laughs> Jeez. I tried to tell people, you know, you get, you get people all up in their expectations. And uh, I tried to tell people back home. And, and there was some media as well that tried to say that anything less than 6-6 six and six is a failure, and it's just like you have no idea what that roster was that Shane Beamer took over. You have no idea what that roster is that, uh, that he took over. How good does it feel, by the way, guys? So uh, thank you for your comments. Let's actually talk about the, uh, the games a little bit more in depth, but how good does it feel to uh, win comfortably? I mean, it was a little dicey in Oxford there for a little while, Hey, LSU moves down the field easily. You give them the ball back, intercept them at the one. Then Ole Miss just dominated from there on out. But state, it was a little weird early. Also, you win comfortably. How good does it feel on a Saturday night? You know, not even 10 o'clock yet. And you just get to kick back and just enjoy, you know? How good does that feel? Very little stress this weekend. Uh, that's really nice. I did learn, by the way. I have an impossible time watching two games at once. If it's two games that I like, I need to watch, like tonight, Ole Miss and LSU going on at the same time as State and Vanderbilt. I I can't. I, I don't have the mental capacity to like really absorb both games at once. So I, I had to essentially watch in bits and pieces because uh, of that. I tried my best, but I don't. I don't know how well I did. I learned that it's really hard, you know, first world problems and whatnot. But I uh, I can't do it. Uh, A lot of comments early about Ole Miss, so uh, I'll start there, and then we'll get to State Vanderbilt uh, also. But uh, for Ole Miss, the the defense was dominant. That's your story of the game. Ole Miss defensively was flat-out dominant in this game. Uh, Max Johnson, after what should have been an intercepted ball in the opening drive that ended up being a 44-yard completion and then a touchdown later on, uh, only completed 13 passes for 146 yards. Uh, Ole Miss held LSU to 77 total rushing yards on 2.2 per carry. They sacked they sacked him five times in the game, seven tackles for loss. Ole Miss defensively in the front five and then some were physically dominant over LSU. And again, I know this isn't a good um, this isn't a good LSU team. They've had a lot of guys leave and, and all that. Their coach has been fired. It's not a good LSU team. But Ole Miss hasn't physically dominated dominated anybody like that in years, many, many years. Physically dominant. They, they got to the quarterback. Um, Sam Williams was great again. Robinson was great again. Chance Campbell was great again. Uh, it's clear that Jake Springer being on that defense is a major help. But physically, they were more physical. Than LSU, They impose their will on LSU, and that's not something that you can say very often. That is a defense that is playing extremely confidently. They're tackling better. They're more willing tacklers. They aren't making mistakes. They're not really blowing coverages. Uh, there's a couple of poorly played balls in the secondary today, but I mean, it, you know, LSU gets a late touchdown to, to make it 17 but Ole Miss held LSU to 10 points today and physically dominated them it's nitpicking to talk about a play here or a play there that was impressive regardless of opponent to for that defense considering what it's been uh that was big that was really big a weird day for the offense uh early penalties just killing this football team just absolutely killing this football team the offensive line has got to clean that crap up I mean they there was a chance for them to go for it on fourth down but a pre-snap penalty ended that they they are really really harming themselves with penalties holdings uh, false starts there there was a couple of questionable ones in there still uh, just they have got to clean that up they they don't get the benefit of the doubt when this has been a weekly thing for them uh, that is going to you're not going to go to Jordan hare this coming Saturday night And win. You cannot go to Auburn and win playing like that, committing penalties like that. Uh, But I think a big issue is they clearly are missing wide receivers. They are clearly missing Braylon Sanders. They are clearly missing Jonathan Mingo. They have not had somebody not named Ontario Drummond step up and be consistent yet. Uh, The offensive line, for all their injuries, is protecting well. They're running the football well, but guys are not getting separation. Last week, they were dropping passes. This week, it felt like they just were not getting good enough separation. And uh, you can tell that Corral is really just willing this offense right now. Uh, they need guys to get healthy. Uh, they really do. Or somebody needs to step up. But that's just something I noticed. Uh, Snoop Connor and Jerry Neely were just phenomenal today. Uh, and their running styles are a little bit different. But just Snoop is so quick to hit the hole and physical when he gets there. And Ely in the open field, his vision his ability to make moves at full speed that that was the that was why they won the game they played exceptional defense and they ran the football well a couple of great play calls on third and long where LSU really on the snap just cleared out expecting Ole Miss to throw with Matt Corral and essentially like a quarterback draw with the running back great play calls great execution uh for all of their penalty faults, the Ole Miss offensive line played really well, uh, really well today. All things considered, injuries and early penalties and stuff like that. But uh, Corral's stat line, for what it's worth, it was eighteen of twenty three. He was really efficient, just one hundred eighty five yards. Uh, he caught a pass, which uh, which was funny. Um, had a touchdown on the ground as well. Uh, Snoop Connor had one hundred seventeen yards on eight point four per carry. Ely had a hundred ninety seven. Uh, yards on 8.1 per carry. Parrish had 10 carries, just 35 yards. He was bottled up a little bit. Uh, Drummond led the team in receiving. He had 93 on eight carries. Parrish uh, just had a couple himself for 38 yards. And Matt Corral was the third leading receiver today. (laughs) Uh, Just one catch for uh, for 19 yards. But uh, big one next week in Auburn. Big, big, big time game next week. The atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. But luckily for Ole Miss, they've played in two of those already. Playing two of those already, so this should not be something that is intimidating to them, or should surprise them really in any way. Auburn was off this week. Bo Nix is playing better. It's a very important game. They need to get healthy, and they cannot commit penalties the way they did today. But uh, just good win. Anytime you beat LSU, regardless of how they are, it's a really nice win. Simply a really nice win for Ole Miss on a big day. Sixth largest crowd in uh, school history. Arch Manning was in town. A bunch of recruits were in town. High-profile recruits were in town. And uh just nice, nice, easy, good win. In Nashville, Mississippi State, just be, it's got to feel good as a state fan. I, I know it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. Um, there are still some things that I think you're just going to have to kind of deal with now in terms of Rodgers holding onto the football too long, made a, Really bad decision, a bad overthrow on one of his two interceptions. The other one was a batted ball. Um, But you beat Vanderbilt the way you're supposed to, you know? I mean, you went in there, and it's... I heard a story a long time ago about why it's so difficult to play at Northwestern. And a lot of it had to do with the atmosphere. And also, if you can believe it, the color purple. There was like a psychological effect that the color purple had on on road teams. But it was hard for these teams to get up for the environment because there was nothing to feed off of. There was nobody there. It was almost like they were practicing. And teams were struggling to go to Northwestern and play. This was years ago. I'll never forget this. It was a sideline reporter talking about it during a Northwestern game that I was watching when I was a kid. And they described, they talked to players And coaches, uh, I think it was Ohio State playing at Northwestern, and they practiced all week without music, uh, without crowd noise, because they had to get their players comfortable with playing in front of nobody in a sleepy environment, and sometimes that kind of environment can lull you to sleep. And I'll never forget it, and the same concept uh, happened today in Nashville. I mean, just a few thousand people there, no real environment to speak of. You just got done playing Alabama and to to finish playing Alabama to go on the road in that environment and win like you're supposed to has got to feel really good. I mean, Vanderbilt should not have been competitive with you, and they were not competitive with you uh, really at all. Will Rogers was um, he was good enough, and and at this point, this just kind of is who he's going to be. He threw it 57 times. The shoulder looked good, looked healthy. There was concerns about that, and I know some people are um. And I hate when people do this. so there was a reporter. I won't spend too much time on this. There was a reporter that reported that he had a shoulder injury. It was clear to anybody with eyes that his shoulder was bothering him. It was clear to anybody that has a set of eyes at Will Rogers last week, his shoulder was bothering him. But Mike Leach on the broadcast says there was no way he wasn't going to play in this game. And now everybody's like, oh, look at this idiot reporter. He reported that there was an injury. Clearly there's not. Well, yeah, I mean, we have eyes, right? Guys can play through stuff. It's football. It's a physical game. Half your team is probably playing through some kind of injury. So to go after this reporter just because because of where he works and not because of what he did, I don't know. I, just, I think that's kind of bad form. Will Rogers last week clearly hurt his throwing shoulder. It was clearly healthy enough for him to play and throw 57 times. Both of those things can be true at once, but that's a good sign. Uh, 57 pass attempts, 384 yards on those 57 attempts, had four touchdowns, but he did have those two interceptions. Again, one of them was a batted ball, but the other just just a bad decision. Um, You had a really balanced day. Are you guys ready for this? This is what you're, again, this is what you're supposed to do to Vanderbilt. No Mississippi State receiver caught more than five passes, but you had one, two, three, four, five players catch five passes for Mississippi State. You had another one, two, catch four passes, and another three, catch three passes, and then one with two and two with one for good measure. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 different players caught passes for Mississippi State today. That's just what you're supposed to do. That is what you're supposed to do to Vanderbilt. Uh, you're supposed to have a field day. You're supposed to successfully throw the football down the field against them. You're supposed to complete passes at a high volume and score basically at will. And for the most part, they did. Rogers still holds on to the football too dang long and, uh, made one bad decision on an interception, but you win and you win comfortably. And that's really all you can do on the other side you know, poor Mike, Wright. I mean, it's, it looks like the team around him is in slow motion. Um, state sacked him three times, which is a good number, but held Vanderbilt to half a yard per carry, one half of a yard per carry, uh, did Vanderbilt have today. And, uh, right through for 122 yards and had that really bad interception. So that's what you're supposed to do to a team like Vanderbilt. It's a good win. It's a comfortable win. Uh, Appears that everybody came out healthy. I know there was uh, at least one scare earlier, but that's what you're supposed to do. And now it just sets up a big game at home next week against Kentucky. It's a huge game. Should be a huge environment. Really good team. This is exactly what you needed Just what the doctor ordered, just what the doctor ordered for Mississippi State. Going into this Kentucky game, which is vital, vital. But so what you're saying is, Hex says the Commodores need to start wearing purple. Uh, Yeah, I, I mean, that's what they said. They they talked to a sports psychologist that said part of the issue with playing there is the color. That certain colors can affect your mood. So when, when teams go to Northwestern and there's, you know, 10,000 people or so in the stadium and they're wearing the color purple, it's hard to generate your own enthusiasm. It, I, I don't know why it stuck with me, but I'll never forget it. But that's the kind of thing today is you can very easily be lulled to sleep in an environment like that. You really can't. And uh, state didn't today, and you got to feel good uh, about that. Last few things for you. I'll just run through these quickly. Uh, Oklahoma survives Kansas. That is not the fourth best team or third best team in college football, and we need to stop the the Heisman talk for their quarterback that started his second game today. What are we doing with that? ESPN ran a segment about that. They should have lost to Kansas today. He's fine. But my gosh, talking about Heisman for a guy that has his second start today in week eight, what are we doing here? Tommy also gets his chance leverage for Heisman. Yeah. Well, shit, if ESPN is going to do what they're doing today with this kid from Oklahoma, then why not? Apparently, you can start two games, one of which against Kansas, the other against Kansas State, and be a Heisman Trophy winner. Apparently, that's a thing that you can do. Sebastian, Sebastian says, sounds like Big Ten spin to me. The toughest empty stadium to play in is in the Big Ten. <laughs> no, it's it's more like it's just hard to get up for that environment. Not like, oh, it's so tough to play here, but sometimes you can sleepwalk early a- against teams like that in places like that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Cincinnati survives Navy. They stay undefeated. Um, not going well for Ken Neomatololo up there right now, but uh, I watched some of that game you know, Cincinnati, all they have to do is survive at this point, I think, to be a playoff team. I don't think they have to make it look pretty. Their one loss in two seasons so far in two seasons is a two-point loss in a bowl game to Georgia. All they have to do is win out. It does not have to look pretty, and they survived. We talked about Wake earlier. They survived Army. They remain the ACC's best chance at making the college football playoff, if you can believe that, Um Clifford is not healthy for Penn State. They lost today to uh, Illinois that really sours the Big Ten East. You know, they still have to play Ohio State, and Ohio State still has to play Michigan and Michigan State and them, and everybody's all got to play each other still. Uh, But that sours that a little bit. Sean Clifford's not healthy. I don't think he should have played today. Clearly was not 100%, not even close, not even close to being 100%. And um, they lost. And now they're kind of out of the running. And, um, you know, now James Franklin can focus on the LSU job or trying to get that. Oklahoma State lost. Oklahoma State lost. I was really hoping to see Bedlam become a play-in game for the college football playoff. I was really hoping to have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State show up undefeated. That would have been a hell of a game. But uh, road underdogs on the road as an undefeated top 10 team underdogs, and they lose the game. Looks like the oddsmakers know what the hell they're doing. Ole Miss will certainly jump them and Penn State for whatever that's worth. Um, and we already talked about Clemson. So that's pretty much what happened this weekend. There wasn't really a whole lot of excitement, if we're, if we're being totally honest. Just not, not much to... You know, NC State may lose at Miami right now. That's still going on. I haven't watched a second of it, but they're down one, two minutes to go, three minutes to go in the fourth. Kind of a low-key weekend. Really kind of a low-key weekend outside of Penn State losing and Oklahoma State losing, but Oklahoma State was an underdog. They were supposed to lose the game. But good weekend here, which is the most important thing. Good weekend here, Ole Miss, getting that win over LSU in a great environment. A very nice day in Mississippi State, just taking care of business, playing the way they're supposed to against a the team they're supposed to beat. Just like that. Sets up a huge weekend next weekend. Both games on at the same freaking time next weekend. But Ole Miss at Auburn and State against Kentucky. It's a big game. That's a really, really, really big game. I wish I could go. It's Halloween taking the little guy trick-or-treating he's dressing up like a pilot so loves airplanes every airplane every time he hears one pointing up at it uh loves him so he's gonna be a pilot so uh i wish i could go but we'll be trick-or-treating before the game so don't forget to subscribe to the youtube channel please don't forget to subscribe uh michael borky on youtube i would appreciate that very very much um I'm a long way away, but once I get to a 1,000 subscribers, a lot of good things will start happening. So please subscribe. It's free. It's free, so please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Y'all enjoy your night. Enjoy your night. I mean, just good, relaxing wins. Pour yourself a beer. Watch the post-game shows. Catch up on Netflix. Whatever. Enjoy yourselves. You deserve it. So I'll see you guys on Monday. Uh, Actually, we'll get to this first. In his end-of-game interview, Leach said that the candy innovation market is not dead. To honor that, if you had to design a new type of candy, what would it be? Ooh, new type of candy. What would it be? Something with red velvet. Something red velvet, like a like a Reese's, but red velvet. Maybe they already have that. I know they have Oreos red velvet, but I'm talking about where that's like all it is. Where it's like a Reese's, but red velvet with, like, that white cream on the inside. That's what I would have. Off the top of my head. So, y'all have a good night. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good wins, Feel good. Wake up tomorrow happy as you should. Big weekend upcoming. Can't wait to talk about that more with you. Y'all have a good night. See you then.